Matthew chapter 14 their text for this morning is there in the verse 19 and he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and he took the five loaves and the two fishes and looking up to heaven he blessed and breathed and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude we are of course continuing our little series on what we have called the looks of the Lord and here we have another reference to one of those looks of the Lord the miracle of the feeding of the five thousand is the only miracle of the Lord that is recorded in all four Gospels. That in itself shows that this miracle deserves our attention and deserves the attention of every Bible student. Also it should be noted that according to Matthew's account of this miracle the Lord that day fed not just 5,000 men beside women and children verse 21 of our reading so there was the possibility that that multitude was made up of 10 to 15,000 individuals on another occasion the dear Saviour fed another multitude of men, women and children this time referred to as the 4,000 men Matthew 15 verses 36 to 38 and what amazing miracles these were when you think of it those who were gathered there witnessed the Lord create bread and meat they watched him create the bread and the meat as he stood before them they there that day saw the work of the great creator creating enough bread and enough meat to feed perhaps up to 15,000 people it's no wonder then that this miracle is recorded in all four Gospels. Indeed, you will find in the Gospels that it is referred to, this miracle is referred to in the Gospels no less than nine times. <laughs> we have the four detailed accounts in the four Gospels it is also referred to in Matthew 16 verse 9 Mark 6 verse 52 Mark 8 verse 19 <coughs> John 6 and 23 and John 6 and verse 26 so nine times <coughs> we have reference to this wonderful and amazing miracle 
and the many references to this miracle above all others leads us surely to ask the question why? Why was this one miracle recorded by all four gospel writers? The Lord as we know wrought many miracles but only this one is recorded by Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and we say why? Why was so much attention given to this particular miracle? Well we know the Holy Spirit is the author of the book he's the author of the Bible and his purpose that the feeding of the multitude be brought before us again and again and surely it is to emphasize to emphasize the truth that no matter how great the need no matter how great the problem the Lord is able to meet that need and the Lord is able to solve that problem no matter how difficult the situation we may find ourselves in at times the Lord is able to solve that for if the Lord was able to feed perhaps up to 15,000 individuals then surely there's nothing the Lord cannot do for us for you and for me he fed up to 15,000 people what with five barley loaves and two fishes so if you have come to the Lord's house this morning and if something weighed heavily upon your heart a problem you cannot solve a need you feel you cannot meet a burden you cannot carry surely here is a word for you doesn't matter how great that need how heavy that burden we see that the Lord met the needs when he fed 15,000 people what with? five barley loaves and two fishes if the Lord was able to do that the Lord hasn't changed he's the same yesterday today and forever he hasn't changed he's the same today and whatever your need is he can meet it whatever your problem is he can solve it whatever your burden is he can lift it and I believe that is one of the reasons why this particular miracle is recorded and referred to so many times to teach us and to show us whatever our need is the Lord is able to meet if he's able to meet the need of 15,000 people with five barley loaves and two fishes what's your need compared to that and he is able bless his name the Lord is able to do exceeding abundantly even above all that we ask or think so let us look at this particular miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 men plus women and children 
What did the notice first of all the problem? Yes, a multitude of people so late in the day needed to be given food. But notice verse 15 and when it was even evening the disciples came to him saying this is a desert place and the time is nice past send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves kittles you'll notice it was the disciples who saw the problem the Lord didn't see any problem the disciples were the ones who saw the problem the disciples were the ones who came to the Lord with the problem the Lord didn't complain about the multitude not being fed and it being so late in the day and there was a very good reason for that while the disciples were troubled about feeding the multitude the Lord wasn't troubled you know why? Well, John tells us in his account, John tells us, for he himself knew what he would do. He knew what he would do. He is the one who knows the end from the beginning. So this <coughs> teaches us that no matter how dire or desperate our situation may be listen, always remember the Lord himself will know what to do in our situations we may think to ourselves I don't know what to do but the Lord knows that's it he himself knew what he would do the Lord knew how he would solve the problem And the Lord is always in control. He always knows what to do. He's the sovereign Lord. And so regarding the problem, we notice the situation. It was when it was evening, the disciples came to him, verse 15. It was at that point the disciples saw the problem. It's evening, the day is far spent. The people need to be fed. And there they were in the desert place. Nothing could be done at such a late hour. The time was far spent. As far as the disciples were concerned, it was too late. It was too late in the day for anything to be done. But sure is not how we look at things sometimes. We have our needs and we have our problems. And we think to ourselves, Oh, it's too late for anything to be done. We wring our hands and shake our head and say it's too late. But we should always remember listen we should always remember as far as the Lord is concerned nothing and no situation 
is ever too late. Turn to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Verse 23. Here you Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue. And he came and fell down at the feet of the Lord one day. And besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. I go down to verse 35. Verse 35. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? In other words, they were saying it's too late. No point the master coming. It's too late. Verse 36. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. He took Peter, James and John with him. And what do we read in verse 42? And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years, and they were astonished with great astonishment. See? Jairus wanted the Lord to go and heal his daughter. And before he got there, the word was brought to Jairus, it's too late. Why trouble thy the master any further? Your daughter's dead. It's too late. It wasn't too late for the Lord. It's never too late for the Lord. Because the Lord went with Jairus and went into the house and raised his daughter to life again. And here was a situation with the feeding of the multitude. The disciples say it's too late. It's never too late. That the Lord is involved. And dear believer, whenever you have those problems and those difficulties and you feel it's too late for anything to be done, just remember. As far as Christ is concerned, it's never too late. As well as the situation, we notice the seeing. We notice what the disciples saw. You look there, and the disciples saw things very differently from the Lord. And speaking to the Lord about the problem. He said in verse 15. This is a desert place. Alright. That's how they describe the situation. That's how they describe the area where they were and the multitude was. This is a desert place. Now look at verse 19. 
how the Lord described that place. Verse 19, he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. The disciples saw it as a desert place. But here we find the Lord describes the place as being a grassy area, far from being a desert place. Again, it's not so typical of us. Here were the disciples. They faced the problem of feeding the multitude. And they saw things as being much more bleak than what they really were. This is a desert place. What can be done? But the Lord didn't say it was a desert place command the multitude to sit down on the grass. And you know, whenever you know all about it, whenever you have something that weighs heavily upon your mind, don't you always think the worst? Don't you always see the situation as being the worst situation to be in? As far as you're concerned, you're in the desert place. And things look so bad. But you know what we need to do? We need to see things as the Lord sees them. The Lord didn't see that area as a desert place. He told the multitude to sit down on the grass. Remember the words of the psalmist, Psalm 37, verse 7. Psalmist said, Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself. Because of him. Fret not thyself because of him that prospereth in his way. In other words, what the psalmist is here saying, don't fret yourself because others seem to be doing alright you have your troubles and you have your woes and you have your difficulties but others don't seem to have any of those difficulties that you have but the psalmist says fret not thyself don't be fretful because of him who prospers in his way let us pray that we will see things as Christ sees them. Because he had a very different picture of the scene there that day when, five, when up to 15,000 people were before him needing to be fed. He saw everything very differently from what the disciples saw. So you have the situation then you have the seeing what they saw and then you have the suggestion the disciples came up with a suggestion and dealing with the problem it was a sort of a familiar suggestion as far as the disciples are concerned what was that suggestion send the multitude away 
Help us there, suggest it. As I said, they're quite used to putting forth that suggestion and other situations. If you go there to Matthew 15, just over the next chapter. Matthew 15. We noted this on Wednesday evening. Woman of Canaan came out the same coast, verse 22 and cried unto him saying have mercy on me O Lord thy son of David my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil and he answered her not a word and his disciples came and besought him said send her away see that was their solution to the problem just send her away just dismiss her dismiss this woman of Canaan dismiss the multitude you remember also the day the mothers brought their children to Christ that he might bless them and the disciples basically come up with the same suggestion send them away because we read in Mark 10 the disciples rebuked those that brought them in other words the disciples were simply saying send those mothers away well you know whenever you look at those suggestions by the disciples it tells us those disciples knew very little about the law for anyone no matter who they may be anyone who will come to the Lord with the need or with the problem he will never send them away you can read through the gospels and go through the public ministry of Christ and you'll not read once of the Lord sending anybody away who came to him for help he didn't send the multitude away he didn't send the woman of Canaan away. He didn't send the mothers away. He didn't send the multitude away before feeding them. He didn't send the Canaanite woman away before he answered her prayer. And he didn't send those mothers away before he blessed their children that's who he is that's who Christ is he'll never send anyone away who comes to him in their hour of need all your anxiety all your care bring him to the mercy seat leave it there never a burden he cannot share never a friend like Jesus never a friend like the Lord Jesus as well as the problem we notice the proving the disciples suggested to the Lord send the multitude away then the Savior responded 
to the suggestion with the words they need not depart send them away but the Lord said they need not depart and there in those words you have comfort well there wasn't much comfort in what the disciples said but there's comfort to be found in what Christ said they need not depart you don't need to send them away hungry you don't need to send them away at this late hour they need not depart Lord was never one for sending anybody away as what said they came to him for help in fact it was the very opposite with Christ what did he say he said come unto me come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden with worries and cares and doubts and problems come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest and that's why the Lord said regarding the multitude they need not depart there was comfort in those words the, the multitude found no hope or comfort in the words of the disciples when they said send them away but they did find hope and they found comfort in the words of Christ they need not depart they don't need to be sent away so dear troubled soul today you need not go away even from this meeting you need not go away comfortless for there's hope in Christ he is the God of hope no matter how dire the situation no matter how dark the night the Lord says they need not depart come unto me all you that labor and are heavy lit and I will give you rest as well as the comfort you have the challenge the Lord said they need not depart give ye them to eat verse 16 So the Lord challenged the disciples and said, You give them to eat. Now, why do you think the Lord challenged the disciples in that way? Well, the disciples had complained to the Lord about the situation, about the problem of feeding the multitude. And think of this. They never once asked the Lord to solve the problem. Oh, they complained to him. They needed a fed. We have nothing here to give them. The day's far spent. They complained to the Lord. When you think of it, 
They never asked the Lord to solve the problem. Now they have been with the Lord long enough to have witnessed him working miracles and yet they never looked to the Lord to work a miracle in feeding the multitude. Unfortunately, that's who the disciples are. We've seen who Christ is. And the Lord said to them, Ye give them to eat. The Lord was challenging them just to see what they would say. And still, they did not look to the Lord. What did they look at? They looked at the five loaves and the two fishes. It's interesting that in the next chapter, Matthew 15, the Lord fed another multitude of them, made reference to this time, 4,000 men. And there we read in Matthew 15, verse 32 and 33, And Jesus called his disciples unto him, and said, I have compassion on the multitude, because they continue with me now three days, and have nothing to eat, and I will not send them away fasting, lest they faint in the way. And his disciples said unto him, When should we have so much bread in the wilderness as to feel filled? so great a multitude is not interesting in chapter 14 of Matthew they had seen the Lord feed 5,000 men plus women and children and now in the very next chapter they're faced with feeding 4,000 men plus women and children but the disciples it's as if they forgot all about the feeding of the five because here all they could do was to say to the Lord quench should we have so much bread in the wilderness as to fill so great a multitude had they forgotten so soon that the Lord had taken five barley loaves and two fishes and fed over five times. Had they forgotten that so quickly? <coughs> they obviously had. He had wrought a miracle in feeding the five thousand. Could he not work, work another miracle in feeding four thousand? Of course he could. But then, it's not the way it is sometimes with ourselves. We have a need, and we worry over it, and we're anxious, and we lose sleep over it, and we forget. We forget what the Lord has done for us in the past. We forget the prayers He has answered in the past. We forget about the needs he has met in the past. And just as these disciples, they forgot. 
and the Lord had fed a multitude of five thousand men when it came to the feeding of four thousand. Well, what, what can we do? This is all we have. We need the Lord to challenge us. To challenge us and to show us, as he said, without me, he can do nothing. Brings us right back to the Lord. Sometimes, you know, whenever we have those problems and those difficulties, don't we try to work them out ourselves? That's what the disciples were doing. That's what they were thinking about. How can we do this? We try to work things out ourselves and we leave the Lord out of the picture altogether. When really, He should be the first person that we look to. So we have the problem. And then the proving, and then finally you have the prayer. The disciples knew that what they had in their hands, five body loaf, two fishes, wouldn't be enough to give such a multitude even, even a little morsel of bread. They knew it wouldn't be enough. Verse 17. So here we have, first of all, the bread. We consider the bread. That is, the five loaves and the two fishes. And what they had, those disciples, what they had in their hands could not solve the problem. But then the Lord said, Bring them hither to me. Verse 18. The five body loads we know and the two fishes were brought to the, the to the Lord by a young child. Remember? Andrew says there is a lad here. The word for lad refers to a very young child. There is a lad here. With five body loads and two fishes, and the Lord took the five barley loaves and the two fishes. And here the disciple says, this is all we have. And the Lord said, bring them hither to me. While the loaves and the fishes were in the hands of the disciples, the problem of feeding a multitude of people could not be solved while it was in the hands of the disciples. That's what they said. We've only got five loaves and three fishes. We can't solve the problem with this. Their answer was, send the multitude away. <coughs> but then the Lord said, bring them hither to me. That which you have in your hands, put into my hands. And when the loaves and the fishes were placed in the hands of Christ, 
problem was about to be solved. That's what we ought to do. What we have in our hands, we ought to place them in the hands of Christ. Second Chronicles, the chapter 20, Second Chronicles 20, there we read of the king Jehoshaphat and verse 12, Second Chronicles 20 and verse 12. He came before the Lord and said, O our God, will thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us, neither know we what to do. But our eyes are upon thee. We have no might against this great company, neither know we what to do but our eyes are upon thee in other words what the king did was to put the problem in the hands of the Lord God we don't know what to do and so Lord we leave it with thyself we have no might against this great company neither know we what to do but our eyes are upon thee in other words, what the king did was to place the problem in the hands of the Lord God of heaven. Let us learn to do that, believer. Learn to place our problems in the hands of the Lord God of heaven. Remember what he said? He himself knew what he would do. And we can't tell the future. We don't know what a day brings forth. But the Lord knows. And the Lord knows all about our problems. He knows all about our needs. And he always knows what to do. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful to have such a friend and such a saviour. who always knows what to do. always knows what to do as well as the bread we have the blessing the Lord took into his hands the loaves and the fishes in verse 19 we're told that he prayed in our text he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fishes and looking up to heaven there's another one of the looks of the Lord. Looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples and the disciples to the multitude. Matthew, Mark and Luke, as we see here, they all said the Lord took the loaves and the fishes and blessed them. John tells us in John 6 and verse 11 that he took the food and he gave thanks 
same thing. You're sitting at the table ready to have a meal and you perhaps say to someone, would you ask the blessing? Or would you give thanks? It's the same thing. And the individual will bow their head and pray and give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and what he has given to us. But here the Lord gave thanks to the loaves and fishes and we are told looking up to heaven he blessed. Looking up to heaven he gave thanks. Looking up to heaven he prayed. And in so doing he was acknowledging the goodness of the God of heaven. We have a meal and before we partake of that meal we give thanks whether we're sitting at home or in a restaurant or wherever don't be ashamed, don't be afraid don't be embarrassed if you're in a restaurant and bow your head and give them thanks I remember passing by Port Hope there Arby's one day there's a large truck parked outside of the road And there at the side of the truck was a man and he was dying on his knees. He was obviously a Muslim. He's looking towards Mecca. He was praying to his God and he wasn't ashamed or he wasn't embarrassed. He got down at the side of the road. And so when it comes to a meal, no matter where we are, let us give thanks and acknowledge the goodness of the Lord. And that's what the dear Saviour did. He did it in public before the eyes of 15,000 or so people. He gave thanks. And he acknowledged the goodness of God. His God, our God, our Heavenly Father. What did James tell us? James has told us every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness neither shadow of turning. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, from our Heavenly Father. And anybody to come to you and give you a gift, you would thank them for it. But every time the Lord supplies us with bread, it's a gift from God. And we ought to bless Him for it. As well as the bread. And the blessing, you have the baskets. Here we see how the Lord doeth all things well. Notice the disciples would have sent the multitude away hungry. They would have sent them away empty. But not the Lord. Oh no. 
not the Lord Jesus. For we read in verse 20, And they did all eat and were filled. <coughs> not one of that multitude to send away hungry. That's who the Lord is. And they were all filled, but it doesn't stop there. <coughs> they took up of the fragments that remained twelve baskets full. You think of that. They started off with five loaves and two fishes. And I should say, the loaves mentioned here, not the loaves you get across the road there, or in any supermarket. They were more like what we call scones. Five of them, two small fishes. And the Lord fed that multitude. And not one of them went away empty. Not one went away hungry. And as well as the bellies being filled, the baskets were filled as well. And they took up to fragments that remained twelve baskets full. The Lord always gives good measure. <coughs> Good measure pressed down and running over. So when the Lord solves our problems, He will go far and beyond what we ask Him to do. Ephesians 3, verse 20. He's able to do exceeding abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think problem solved it was solved whenever the disciples put what they had into the hands of Christ the Lord is the one who always knows what to do the Lord is the one that doeth all things well problem solved let's bow our heads in prayer Oh dear Lord, we bless thee for one who is such a wonderful Savior. <coughs> one who indeed loves do all things well. One who knows the end from the beginning. One who always knows what to do. Lord, I pray thy word will be written upon our hearts today. And o Lord, that thou would bless the word and use it <coughs> in glory and honor and praise of thy holy name. Lord, abide with us now, we pray. Bless the little dedication service. 
to the glory of thy name. In thy name we ask all these things. Amen.